Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Talking Sense with Karen and Hayley. Today we're going to talk about why fragrance is so important and particularly why fragrance is so important in consumer goods products. Um, so the answer to this really is the main reason why I'm in fragrance and why I love it so much. Um, and it's because if you take a consumer goods product and the consumer uses it and they like it, they might buy it again, they might not. But if you put a fragrance in there that strongly represents that brand, strongly represents the product that it's specifically for, and it really rings true with that consumer, it will turn that product into something that they just like to something that they absolutely love. And that's what we call it, it's driving repurchase. And that's really what builds your brand. It drives loyalty and it drives um, uh, brand strength as well. Um, and there's been so many experiences in, in my past of running consumer tests that's kind of proven this as well. So I'll give you an example of one. So I was running a consumer test a few years ago now, um, and it was in the laundry detergent category. And we ran two legs. And in both of these legs, it was exactly the same laundry detergent formulation. Um, so formulation A in both legs. Then in leg A, we had perfume A, and in leg B, we had perfume B. So the only difference between the two of them was the perfume. Now, the results came back, um, and the results for every attribute, not just the fragrance, when we're talking here like whiteness, cleaning, repurchase, overall liking, things like that, for product B were absolutely skyrocketed versus product A. Now when you think about that it's it isn't logical because it's the exact same product formulation. So why would the cleaning and the whiteness be improved in this product when it's got exactly the same formulation? The only difference is how it smells. So this is what we call the halo effect. So perfume gives a halo effect to other attributes in the product. So if you get the fragrance right in your product, and as I mentioned earlier, that it, it rings true with um, the benefits that you're looking for uh, from the product, um, it fits with the ideal client's um, needs and wants from that product, that if you nail that on the head and get it right, it can absolutely boom every part of that product. It doesn't just mean that your, your fragrance ratings will go up, it means that they will believe and they will think that that product is a much better product and that it cleans better, it, it makes their clothes wider and that ultimately is a, it is a far superior product and then that will be the thing that makes them want to buy and buy again. And another example that I've used in corporate settings as well with consumer testing is where we have taken, so it's again the same scenario, two legs in a consumer test, and we have um, two different formulations. Um, but formulation A is much cheaper than formulation B. Um, but you put the investment that you took out as a formulation into the perfume in A. So leg A, you've got a cheaper formulation, and a more expensive, well, not necessarily a more expensive perfume, but more invested in the perfume. Then leg B is a better formulation and a normal level and a normal investment in perfume. So you've got two variables there. 
But then when we look at the results that we had returned from this particular test, it was really interesting because you might have thought that, that could have, they could have played off each other and they might have balanced each other out. But actually, you had the effect again where leg A, with the more investment in perfume, actually outshone leg B. So even though there was more formulation and more chemistry in this particular leg, the leg A was coming up with better ratings in things like cleaning and whiteness and things like that. So again, it just showed that if you're not necessarily, if you're wanting to boost ratings in your product and it's a laundry detergent, you don't necessarily automatically have to go the formulation route. You can think about investing things a little bit more into your perfume and that can have also the desired effect. And that again is what from what we call the, the halo effect. Um, so yes, fragrance is super important from a, from a consumer point of view and consumer goods because it gives this halo effect and it drives repurchase and it drives loyalty, um, as well as obviously the functional elements of, of, um, of hiding and masking the, the base orders and the product. So it's got uh, multifacets there, so it's really, really quite powerful. Uh, for your consumer goods products. I do believe in the power um, of fragrance and how much it can it can um, it can drive people's want to keep using these products. And I think um, Karen, we've talked about this in the past as well, where it, it comes back from basically the the kind of the primal senses, isn't it? Because I think if I'm if I'm thinking correctly, the sense of smell was the first sense of ours to develop, wasn't it? And then I think that that has then, it, it's really, it's handled in a different way uh, in our brain than any of the other senses are. Yeah, that's true. Our, our, our sense of smell was, um, you know, going back to Neanderthal times, we actually relied on our sense of smell in much the way as uh, an animal in a forest might um, to approach, to warn us of impending danger. And, and um, that's what people are referring to. When they think about our, um, you hear people refer to that lizard brain. That's why we've got that connection between our sense of smell and our emotions. Because if we smelled danger, it would propel us into action without a thought being formed. So you don't, you wouldn't sort of look, think, uh, sense, smell the danger and then think, oh, I have to run. You just start running because it's yeah. a chemical um, reaction. You know, that what you're inhaling actually triggers a chemical response in your body. So it, it is, you know, it's um, at a primal level, that sense of smell is, is um, you know, right there in, in, our, in our DNA from um, pre-caveman times. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. It's, because of that, it's so powerful, isn't it? Like you say, it just yeah. it, it it doesn't necessarily get processed the same way in our brain. And sense of smell is it's linked to emotions and it's linked to memories. It's linked to so many things. Yeah. So that is why the power of it is you've got to harness that for your consumer products because not only does it want you to buy things again but it may it reminds you of things it gives you memories of when you were young and we've mentioned this in one of our other videos where um some people will only buy the products that they used um that their family members used to use because there's nostalgia and the memories associated with it so um the, the power of fragrance is really quite endless um, yeah, it is, and we also talked about how having fragrant, having um, house home care products in particular that have no smell don't instill that sense of satisfaction in the person that's doing the cleaning, 
so it it is um it's an important thing and i think um something that perhaps we we haven't we might we've hinted at and alluded to in the past but not actually said is that even unscented fragrances so people who are choosing to buy unscented fragrances for reasons like um you know they, they feel allergic to the smells or they simply don't like them or they don't want them for any number of reasons need to understand that even in a fragrance that even in a product rather that doesn't have a smell there will be fragrance in there to mask the smell of the base product um because the actual um, ingredients that go into making the product a functional product for example like um, a body wash um, has ingredients that have a smell of their own and um, they need to be neutralized in a in a fragrance free product so it's it's um it's an interesting dance that um, mm. we as humans have to do to satisfy everyone in the market who's buying manufactured products um, of of any sort um, whether for use in the home or on on the on their body, um, there is a, a fragrance involved in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think um, I hope that's given you an, an idea about how important fragrance is as a whole, but also in your in the consumer goods product. So if you're, for example, if you're a um, a person looking to create their own products just take a think and take a take a stop sorry uh, and think about what it is that you want your product to convey and how you want your consumers to feel about it because this all plays a part in it it's not just it's not a case of just having a nice product to smell it's got to have a lot of um, thought behind the why you're choosing it and why you're going with that product because it can make or break um, the success of your product and as I say really triggers that repurchase intent for, for consumers so um, yeah just um, have a have a good think about it and process it before diving into it um, and for those of you who who aren't and that you're just interested about fragrance just have a little smell of your products at home and see how it makes you feel and and I for one I only really repurchase things solely for the perfume but i am a perfume lover so um, if i don't like the perfume on a product i will not be buying it again whether it cleans or whether it does the job that it's supposed to be doing if i don't like the smell of it i won't buy it um but i mean everyone's is different that's me specifically and i am a a big fragrance fan so it would make sense that i would be doing that <laughs> but yeah if Just, you've got... sorry um just to go back to something you said earlier about you know um, when fragrance influence in buying choices and it can be as far back as like you know my i grew up in the i was a child of the 70s um my mum used um a certain brand of washing powder and a certain brand of, so of fabric softener and i still choose the the um my washing powder based on what smells most similar to what she used to use um but there's there's kind of categories aren't there so um for example most people expect toothpaste to smell minty um and um, body uh let's say body soap needs to smell it needs uh, it can have a variety of smells but it, ultimately the underlying smell must be cleanness and soapiness yeah. um we have we have a certain like certain parameters for for different categories don't we that we expect um you know most 
um, furniture polish, for example, um, needs has a, has a, um, an underlying current of beeswax. Mm-hmm. You know, those 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 traditional expectations are always in there in that fragrance design. So. Yeah, they're ingrained in you, and you'll always have that. And actually, you've just reminded me of a good example of things, and it's because it is regional, it is different. Um, and for example, if if we were designing a fragrance. Um, for some medicated cream, for example, um, you would maybe expect some kind of medicinal smell in there to convey that it's doing the job. Um, yeah. so when I think of that, I think of wintergreen. So wintergreen is a very antiseptic um, smell, and and where we come from in the UK, that was used in medicines from when we were little. So that makes yeah. sense to me. However, if you go over to the United States. Wintergreen was used in a lot of their uh, sweet products from when they were younger. So if you uh, were designing a a, a medicated fragrance um, in uh, the UK, you might want to consider Wintergreen, but not necessarily for the US or vice versa. If you're designing a product um, that is like a a body cream, you might not want to put Wintergreen in there because um, specifically in the UK it might convey that it's more medicated whereas in the US it might be all right because they associate that with sweet products and gourmand things so um, you, you, you do have to take that into consideration there's a lot of regional differences in there so um, it can be can be quite powerful when you understand the little nuances in different regions as well. Yeah, that's it. So it's it's um it's about recognizing those cultural differences and that conditioning. Um, yeah. For example, that there's a smell of champaka, which is widely used around Asia, and um, but yeah. um, a lot of um, people from from the Western world don't like that smell. It's kind of smoky and funereal to us, but over there, it's the smell of joy. Yeah. And, um, it's like a heavy, a heavy flo- bite floral, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very, it's a very heavy. It's quite earthy and yeah. smoky. Well, so um, yeah, so, so it's it's um, it's it is really interesting to look at those um, sort of cultural differences as well when you're thinking about fragrance design. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I've I've been uh, recently working on a project where I'm de- designing a fragrance that's intended for. Um, people who are interested in in exercise it's not uh for a but it's um it's a deodorizer but it's for a, a space it's a space deodorizer rather than a person deodorizer but it also needs to be uplifting because it's associated with the exercise equipment so um that that's been a, an interesting product a project to work on to, to find that balance because you don't want it to smell like a body spray um and neither do you want it to smell like a, a wardrobe sachet, but it's kind of, it's got to walk that line between the two. Um, and finding finding those sorts of um, dual purpose fragrances almost is, is um, you know, a, a fine balance sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And if you were designing that for like North America, it might slightly smell completely different, wouldn't it? So it's... Yeah. Yeah, it's useful to know. So again, for those of you who are looking to design your own fragrance for your products, you'd have to make sure that you understand 
where your product is going to be sold in the end and what your ideal consumer is going to be wanting as well because that will make a huge difference. Um, before we go, I just want to point out because when we're, when we're talking you might have heard some whimperings and she's been seen in a few videos but I've got a little puppy and she's uh, play fighting with my other dog so if you're wondering what some of the noises were it wasn't me or Karen groaning or growling <laughs> it was a little puppy. Yeah. yeah. Currently our head keeps going inside my other dog's mouth. So that is where the noises are coming from. She's fine by the way. No no uh, <laughs> no dangers. <laughs> no animals were harmed in the making of this video. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we just wanted to put that out there so you were aware. Um but yeah, if you've got any specific questions on this or you need to to um let us know of any questions that you've got, uh, particularly around this topic, just drop them below. Or if you um, have any particular topic that you would like us to discuss, just get in touch and we will make a video on it. Um, and we love making these little uh, snippets for you and I'm hoping that you find them super useful and just let us know what more you want and we'll, we'll do them for you. Um, so thank you for watching. Yeah, thanks. Bye.